0: Welcome to the Coco and JoJo Show. I'm Corey. And I'm Samantha. And, and we're Coco, Coco and JoJo. JoJo. <clears throat> Alright, so this week we watched um, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, A Big Brother. And then we also watched a movie called...
1: The Lost Husband. The Lost our first film Husband. that actually was released in 2020.
0: Oh, was it released in 2020? Yeah. Interesting. So it's a little bit of a uh, rom-com, maybe
1: minus the com.
0: <laughs> Just, Just a romantic. The... Video.
1: <laughs> I feel like it was probably supposed to be a rom-com, yeah. Yeah, but I, would I didn't say find rom-com. it that funny. Yeah, but we'll get into that. Well,
0: yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I guess we'll start first with our big brother uh, catch up for those of you that are following big brother as well. Um, Sunday night is when we got to see Memphis, who um, just became HOH.
1: I think last week we talked about you were a little bit curious to see what he was like. How do you feel?
0: Um, Not a fan. (laughs) Not a fan. Um, So Memphis, right off the gate, everybody was coming to him trying to figure out what he was going to do, where his head was at, who he was thinking about putting on the block, and he pretty much told everybody except for his direct allies that... You know, you probably should use the safety if You don't want to go on the block. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I think you should just use the safety suite. What were your thoughts on that?
1: A little bit of like a strong arm move. Yeah. I really thought he'd get more like, uh, I don't know, more people not willing to do that. I was shocked that so many people decided. There deciding. was a good
0: amount. It seemed mm-hmm. like they
1: were deciding, but then most of them ended up going that way. And it made some people easy targets, the ones that chose not to do that.
0: Yeah, that's what it, it turned out to be. Yeah. Um, so Memphis has, if you remember, he's in one of the larger alliances. I believe there's six people. Um, Memphis, Cody, Tyler, Nicole, Chris, F, Christmas, Christmas, and Danny. Do mm-hmm. I name all of them? Mm-hmm. I think those are the Alliance members. So he was even telling them that he thinks that they should use the safety suite. Um, And then kind of behind closed doors, he was mentioning that he wants as many people to use the safety suite this week. So next week, when he's not HOH, he's one of the few people left with the safety suite to use it. And a lot of people caught on to what he was doing, and they did not think it was very...
1: Although I feel like the people in his own uh, Alliance caught on, and the rest of the House either was too scared of, of what he was saying or just didn't get it because they all jumped they all did it
0: maybe it
1: like for instance nick nicole right away said uh no i'm yeah. not going to do it
0: nicole f
1: nicole f and tyler was like no man of course you want me to do it but it's not good for my game right but then you had people like christmas that were like yeah I want to do it. I want to play.
0: I don't. I think Christmas. Anybody could have told her to play, and she would have played. I think she, she just really, wanted to play.
1: Yeah, she really wanted.
0: It wasn't because Memphis was telling her to play. So the people that ended up playing the safety suite were David, Cody, Christmas, Davon, Bailey, Kevin, and Ian. And do you remember the game for the safety suite?
1: Wasn't it the one where they balanced the drinks?
0: Yep. So they had two bar like high top tables. Um, kind of like they were serving... Hey, that was a theme for the whole week. Kind of like they were serving drinks to the tables. They had different mixed martini, whatever, different drinks. And each drink had a different weight to it, and the table wouldn't stand still until you had the right weight distribution from the glasses on the table. So they had to get both tables balanced correctly with all the drinks that they were supposed to serve in the quickest amount of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you remember who won?
1: I think Christmas got her wish,
0: didn't she? Why do I have Ian circled? Yes. Chris. Oh, that's why. Christmas won, and right before going into the safety suite, Ian approached Christmas, just for the heck of it, to give it a try, thinking she'd be a good competitor, and said, hey, Christmas, if you win safety suite, would you consider saving me? And it worked. She saved him. Yeah. Were you surprised by that?
1: I was, and I think we talked about it. Like, it, it shows that it just never hurts to ask. Yeah. Like Ian kind of is on an Island a little bit, I feel. And I think he's trying to make small um, connections with people. And what was just like throwing a line out there and seeing if she'll bite. Isn't and like she a just saying said yes? That
0: the answer is always no, if you don't ask or something, right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So Ian just took a chance and it worked out in his benefit. Um, and it, She thinks it worked out in her benefit because then she got to save somebody that wasn't in her alliance. However, her alliance members were a little confused because she didn't really talk about it before saving him. She didn't talk about it beforehand with her alliance members. But then when she explained, hey, I couldn't save an alliance member because then it would look like we're working together, they all seemed cool with it. Except,
1: Except Memphis, who definitely has something against two members of the House, I feel. One, Ian is Ian got out Dan
0: oh, yes.
1: in their season. Dan Geeling, who is Memphis's best friend, I guess, outside of the house. Um, So he definitely wanted to go at Ian. He looked a little bit disappointed. Yeah. He didn't get why she saved Ian, of all people. But he didn't want to like play his hand either. He didn't really let her know, Ian was my target. Right. He didn't say much. But it, Ian definitely was. Well,
0: I don't think Ian was his target this week. It's his, he, Ian is someone that he's definitely keeping close eye on, though. He did kind of lean towards that.
1: And then the other person in the house, which I'm sure we'll get to or we can jump right into it, seems to be David. There's something yeah. with David. I, Well, I get what it is. Memphis doesn't respect David because David only played one week in all of Big Brother and somehow is on the all-star season. Yeah. Memphis doesn't understand that. I feel like he thinks everyone else paid their dues and here's this guy who played one week and he's in this season. It doesn't make sense to him. And I get that to an extent, but I also think he's picking on David.
0: Yeah, because he's done multiple things. He He was
1: harsh when he nominated him.
0: He gave him a have-not, because he got to choose, I think, the have-nots or something for the Mm -hmm. week. So he gave him a have-not, and then he also nominated him, and um, he nominated David and Nicole A., the redhead Nicole.
1: Because she didn't do the safety suite.
0: Right. And that's
1: what he said as his reasoning when he nominated her. But then to David, he said, well, let's see what you got, or something like that, because you've only been here.
0: He said, if you want to play Big Brother, then you need to play Big Brother. Oh, if Brother. you want to play with
1: the big boys. Yeah. That's what he
0: said. So he's basically saying, go out there, show us you can win something, take yourself off the block, prove that you're here to play the game, and not just come in and... He,
1: he did say, "Let's show me that you can hang with the big boys or something to that extent, which was a little harsh, which he did seem, when he went back to his, uh, had a household suite, he said something, someone said something to him about that, and he goes, yeah, that was a little yeah like he but he's just being hard on david i don't really get the what it is but david's starting to take it personally which they showed in the veto competition
0: yeah so i was watching um dan memphis's friend from previous big brother um shows uh he took over cbs big brother's instagram page one night uh, i think wednesday night maybe and he was commenting about how Memphis is just a straight shooter. He's going to tell it like it is. There's no sugarcoating anything. So I think he's not. I think to other people it seems harsh, but I think he's just being like honest. Like he's just telling him his thoughts and how, you know, compared to everybody else in the house, David has the least amount of experience. So I want you to prove that you're, you know, you're supposed to be here and you're meant to play with the rest of us. So I don't think that he was meant, you know, and meant anything hard by it, but. Um, I could see how it would have come off that way. Well, you
1: can well. tell uh, at, in the veto, I think David is starting to take offense to it because David starts doing those odd tactics <laughs> to try to throw Memphis off his concentration. Yeah. So David is definitely feeling a way that Memphis is after him,
0: I think. So for the power veto, that was um, on Wednesday night. And they had – the Power Veto was always played by the two nominees and the HOH, which was Memphis. And then they each draw a token out for the next three players. So the other three players that were um, playing were Nicole F., the blonde Nicole, Ian, and Tyler. Um, And they're explaining the game that they had to do for the Power Veto. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, they had to hold out with their arms they had to balance something.
0: Yeah they had like a board they were basically holding out with handles kind of with a star or something on it and they are balancing a ball on it Mm -hmm. and the person that balanced the ball the longest won the power beat out.
1: But it looked like your arms had to be locked in at about 90 degrees they didn't really let you too i much. don't
0: think that that i, I could be wrong because i didn't I, see
1: anyone go like this and still balance it he's you, showing
0: like you're yeah, straight out yeah. because i think they would the board would tilt i don't know maybe it had to be locked in but i don't really go over that necessarily um
1: that was let's go this way that was strategy yeah everyone had their had elbows their, locked in yeah. at 90 degrees and was holding the board as flat and level as they could but my thing is even when And maybe this is just something I noticed watching that maybe even they would change. But when the ball started to tilt, they bent their, I know you guys can't see me, but they were bending their backs and bending at their hips instead of bending their arms to level it out. So I wasn't sure if they were told that they had to be locked because I noticed them going like this instead of like this. I would have just gone with my arms and moved. They decided decided to move like their whole bodies a lot.
0: I think their arms were just so tired (laughs) that they couldn't move them and they had to move their body as like a way to kind of add some movement into the, um, pose. So I don't even know how long it lasted to be honest. Um, Well, Nicole
1: lasted about a minute.
0: Nicole A, the redhead Nicole was the first one out. Um, the last three were David, Memphis, and Tyler, um, which we were, weren't, too surprised by we were surprised that memphis lasted as long as he did my
1: two picks to win were either tyler or david because yep. i thought that they have that build where they're muscular enough to hold but they're slender enough where the weight of their arms doesn't become so heavy that they can't hold correct and if you noticed memphis's size compared to everyone else in the house he's definitely the biggest guy and not like in a negative like not His like a he's a big bit, muscular yeah. man yeah. Yeah. yeah he's in good shape he's not as And I thought his arms, because of having so much muscle on them, were going to get heavy. But he proved me wrong.
0: Yeah, so when the final three were up, David um, got distracted, because like you said, he was making sounds, trying to distract Memphis, um, and ended up distracting himself instead, because he was paying too much attention to Memphis. So he um, dropped his ball, and then it was Memphis and Tyler, and I'm so shocked that... That Tyler, what were you saying? They were neck and in. neck. Yeah. That Tyler um, dropped his ball before Memphis. So Memphis ended up winning the power veto. So he had all the power this week, meaning he was able to put the noms up. He was able to keep the noms the same or change them if he wanted to. He had all the power. Um, so with that being said, the entire alliance that Memphis created, if you recall back to the previous episodes, Memphis – gathered everybody around and he's the one that approached everybody to create this alliance. His entire alliance wanted to backdoor Janelle or Kaiser or Kaiser, excuse me. And Memphis didn't want to. He didn't think it was good for his game and he thought it was too big of a move and he wanted to keep Noms the same.
1: I so here's my thoughts. I know what he's thinking, but I'm not really with him. But I know he's thinking, okay, I take this shot at Janelle. And then the or Kazar, and then the rest of this game, I have to watch out for what the other one, because one of them was gonna stay, whether it's Kazar or Janelle, is doing, because they're gonna gun for me, and I don't really want to deal with that for the next ten weeks.
0: He really was afraid to get any blood on his hand this early in the game, which I get it, but it's also All Stars, okay? Like you're not playing with people that never played before. Everybody knows, like these people are gamers They've been through this before. They know what they're doing. So you need to start just getting people out ahead of time when you have the chance. Because you don't know. The next week, games, you know, it could be flipped. They could be in charge of the house, and you could be gone. They could go for you, and you could be gone. So I think that if any season were you to do a big move early on, this would be the season to do it.
1: So I'll play devil's advocate for Memphis. So let's say that that is true because Cody came to him and said, what happens next week if the house is flipped and they have all the power? Yeah. And we could have taken a shot. Memphis is – they're all scared while Memphis is betting on himself, I think, thinking, put me on the block, I'll win veto and get myself off. He kind of has that confidence aura about Not him. Not if
0: he's backdoored, though.
1: I, I don't think – hes he doesn't seem, like, worried about that. Yeah. He doesn't seem worried about that. He seems that well, – he thinks he has the confidence in his game, whether it has to be socially – or whether it has to be to win the veto that he can do it, where the others seem to be a little... Either they're scared or they just see the opportunity, which is probably more what it is. They see the opportunity to get a big person out. And I will say there does seem to be fear in the house about either one of those players. Like and the Janelle rest of the house Kesar. fears Kazar and Janelle. They know they're yeah.
0: good. Yeah. Um.
1: Particularly Cody and Nicole seem to be scared of Kazar and Janelle, which I think is interesting because it seems like the old blood versus the young blood, like who are really good players.
0: For sure, for sure. But the other thing is, if Memphis were to make a big move like that this early on, he has all the numbers. Like Kazar and Janelle don't even have another alliance that they formed. It's just the two of them. Just the two of them. Wait till they actually build a team and they can come against them. You know what I mean?
1: Well, like I said with Ian on the island, we both talked like that would be Kazar and Ian really seem to have like have the possibility of a really good connection. It doesn't seem to form quite yet, but I think it could. They
0: seem to be talking a and lot. And if they together. can bring
1: Ian in, then I would be very scared because you have yeah. Janelle, one of the best players ever, Kazar, a good player, and Ian, a winner. As a trio, that's yeah. really strong. That's about as strong a trio, I feel, as Cody, Nicole, and Tyler.
0: Now, do you think, though, being an all-star and coming back and playing all-star and using your HOH to get out two, like, not even threats this early in the game? I mean, he got out, his choices were Nicole, A, and David. They're not even, like, I don't know.
1: They're the two that I had just listed last week. Both of them were on my floaters list. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I get it that they're the two floaters, but I just think that he could have made a bigger move, possibly.
1: No, yeah, that's what, yeah, I agree. He went after two floaters. I think, let's say he makes it all the way down to the finals. I think it's going to be a hard argument for him to say, vote for me over the next person, although I don't know who he would be going against. When his first opportunity at HOH, he didn't do a move. He didn't really do anything.
0: Well, I guess before we say that, we need to see how the rest of the game plays out. He may make bigger moves later on if he makes it to that spot to really... I will say
1: he's playing the game. As, like, a few people that are actually playing, Memphis made an alliance. He made people use their safety
0: suite.
1: He's playing. It's a weak noms. It's funny,
0: as the noms he's making, it almost seems as though he's trying not to ruffle any feathers, right? He doesn't want to get anybody against him on either side, but yet his social game, regardless of alliance members or non-alliance members, everybody seems to not be a big fan of Memphis and his attitude or his like, he's just very strong, opinionated kind of person.
1: Yeah, I mean like the alpha male personality always tends to rub people the wrong way early. We talked, I wasn't sure who that would be in this house. I honestly thought it was gonna be Cody. But Memphis has surprised... I didn't know much about Memphis, so he's kind of surprised yeah. me he's taken over that role. Is like
0: definitely I feel like Cody's definitely just kind of like laid back, go with the flow, kind of, you know, game yeah. right now.
1: Yeah, right now. But I feel like he does have it in him where he's not going to be a pushover.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, but right now he's just kind of like letting the house, you know, kind of tell him what to do and going with the flow. So, um... Oh, let's not forget about the punishment that Ian had to do for um, Christmas saving him with the safety suite. He had to act out um, all stars, all Star Wars, <laughs> all Star Wars with Ian. Um, so he had to do different scenes through the house, acting out all hours of the night. And
1: sometimes pulling in other castmates. Other mates. cast
0: members, Yep. Um, during the power veto meeting, um, right when Memphis was getting ready to talk about if he's going to use it or not, um, the director comes over the, you know, speaker of the house and makes Ian, um, act out a scene. <laughs> they must get so exhausted from doing stuff like that. That
1: was hard. That was a really it's harsh all- one <laughs> compared to Janelle and they have to wearing a star right? costume. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Because the the ones the punishments like this where they make them wake up like all night long. I mean, it can't last more than like what twenty four or forty eight hours, maybe. I don't think it lasts the whole week. But the fact that Janelle just had to wear a costume and Ian has to like do all these skits and wake up in the middle of the night. He was even like having to go into the rooms and wake up other people to get someone to do the skit with him. I mean, I just couldn't even imagine.
1: No, that was a that was a really harsh punishment. That is one that I would. It would probably be hard to get me to be a good sport about that. Oh,
0: you would be grump. (laughs) Grump for sure. Mr. Corey here cannot stand not getting his 10 hours of beauty sleep.
1: And just having to act out in front of everyone is (laughs) pretty much a no-go for me, too. (laughs)
0: Corey also hates charades. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You would definitely not be a good... um,
1: Put me in the star costume. I can handle that. I wouldn't be thrilled, (laughs) acting out all Star Wars for a week because I don't I think it is the whole week would not be up my alley
0: no definitely not you probably would get kicked off the show (laughs) 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 um all right so for the power of veto oh we did talk about that one already what they had to do so Memphis um, at the end of Wednesday night, did not use the power of veto. He kept his noms the same. He did not backdoor Kazar Janelle like the rest of his alliance members had suggested. He do. Um, I think some people were a little thrown off by it, but that's how he decided to play his game. So then we go into Thursday night, which is our live eviction night. And um, so we have Nicole A. and David still on the block. Nicole A., it appeared, had campaigned um, to stay. And um, going into this, it seemed as though she was teaming up with Janelle and Kazar, who kept telling her that they're in with Memphis, they're good, she's good. But then she started to not believe them because if, she, if they're in with Memphis, why is she still on the block? She couldn't figure that out. So then she started campaigning against them. The two members that were actually, like, on her side and trying to help her out, she starts throwing them under the, t- um, throwing them under the, the bus and, you know, telling the rest of the house that she's going for them next week and blah, 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 and, um...
1: And like we said, those might be the two members outside of the big alliance that you want on your I side know. the most. she's not
0: even in the big alliance. <laughs> yeah. And Janelle even cried over it, which... Kazar, who had been in the game with her multiple times, actually said to her, Janelle, I don't think I've ever seen you cry before. So she did say that she felt it was like a big sister, little sister type of relationship, and she felt bad that Nicole didn't trust her um, that she was on her side. Because she truly was. She wasn't doing anything shady at all.
1: Yeah, and I think Nicole, when... Just got into her head. When she goes home and gets to look back, we'll definitely regret that decision.
0: She already did. When she went, um, Corey actually missed Thursday night. But when she sat out with Julie, um, she said like, yeah, I regret it. I made a mistake. She like already knew that she was in the wrong. Um, so then David kind of was campaigning and (laughs) Davon was campaigning for him as well. And he actually had the nerve to go to Davon and say, you might need to just, like, calm it down a little bit. And she's like, excuse me? And he said, you know, like, I don't want people to think that we're playing together because then we'll end up on the block together. And she was like, oh, okay. And then in the diary room, she was saying, yeah, you're right. I've only played this game two or three times, and you've made it a week in this game, but you don't need my help. No big deal. And then she shut her lips about it. So um, that was kind of funny. It made me laugh.
1: That was that was David's inexperience coming in. Oh, play. for
0: sure, being like cocky for no reason to be cocky because he doesn't have, you know.
1: He survived the block the once. Skills. It right. won't be long before, in my opinion, before he goes right back up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was the campaigning kind of throughout the week, and the house ended up voting Nicole A out um, unanimously. No, there was two votes for David. Um, Casey or Kevin voted David out because he's like Nicole's best friend in the house. And honestly, I can't remember who the second one was. I just, I didn't write this one down, but um, there was one other one, I swear there's one other one, that voted David as well. So after them, Nicole's voted out. They went straight into the live HOH game and... Um, we actually saw some live feeds, but they were talking about something that they were practicing for, for the HOH and they had to do, um, they had three long tables and they had three like fake beer mugs and had to push the beer mug down the table and it was points one through five, five was all the way at the end and wherever it landed on the board is how many points they got. And then the three points together, um, and in the shortest amount of time is who would win HOH. So um, Tyler ended up with the most with 12 points. Uh, Gosh, I don't remember how fast he did it. He did it pretty fast. Janelle actually, I think she might have been like second best and she ended up with 11 points. No shock at all because she's kind of a beast mode anyways. Um, Well, she
1: definitely, I think, I think Kazar and Janelle are, we've alluded for the first two weeks anyways, are keen to the fact that there's a big alliance going on. And I think they're well aware they aren't part of it. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you had told me that either Kazar or Janelle won, I wouldn't have been surprised because I think at this point they know they have to gun for every competition.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but just because they know that doesn't mean that they're necessarily good at it. But Janelle is just good at mm-hmm. most everything. You know, she's just.
1: Well, we've seen Kazar win a comp already.
0: Yeah. So um, Tyler won. We do not know who he's going to be putting up for his noms. Uh, Who would you think that might go up um, when we watch Sunday night?
1: Tyler seems – so, here's my thing. You guys all just came up to Memphis and told him that he has to make a big move, that he needs to backdoor Janelle and Kazar. You guys, as an alliance, maintain power going into this next week. Now it's not Memphis who was too scared, according to you guys, to take the shot. It's your turn, Tyler. You were one of the ones – we're campaigning for a backdoor be about what you speak about and make a move and put Kazar or Janelle up or both if you have I
0: don't know if you have the courage
1: to do that do both but something's gonna tell me that he's not gonna do that
0: I think that Tyler should backdoor Memphis I think I've had enough of him already (laughs) it's only week three and I just I don't know he he I think it's already a red flag when you create an alliance that early and you can't even, like, take into what your entire alliance is saying. You have nothing else to stand on right now because it's a brand new game. And I think that playing your own game that strongly with your alliance that early um, should be a red flag for the rest of your alliance members that, you know... I don't know, but it's also sketchy p- to throw up your alliance members, really, right. because you're going to blow it up.
1: Yeah, I think they're just going to pick away at the other side, which consists of David, Kazar, Ian, Janelle.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it that Casey? That's about it. So it's going to be one of those, two of those.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. Not-
1: I I got this. If I'm being honest, I think he's not going to put up Kazar and Janelle, but I think he's going to do one of them with Ian.
0: Oh, you think so? With Ian,
1: mm-hmm. Ian's a winner. is uh, won a season. Yeah. I think it's a threat, and and Tyler seems like I said going last week was was talking about making a big move.
0: I think I could so to- do it. I could totally see Tyler making a bigger move. He may not do it with his initial noms, but hoping to get power a veto either through himself or the alliance members um, to do a backdoor. So I can definitely. I feel like he's kind of a bold person and will make a big. Yeah. so we'll I expect
1: out. I expect this week cuz now things have settled too. It's been 2 weeks, week 3. Week 3 normally a big move happens, something happens. Yeah. So Tyler's kind of unfortunately in the position where he has to make a real move. Yeah. Like I don't think Kevin and David are going up on the block. That's a wasted noms to me. That's yeah. not much of anything.
0: I could definitely see him making a big
1: move. It's going to sure. be a, I, it could be one of them, but it, it'll also be either Kazar, Janelle, or Ian with...
0: Yeah, I do agree that it's always silly to put the two big threats up together when you have the power veto coming up and one could... I don't know, it doesn't hurt to backdoor to leave an option to backdoor somebody if you need to, kind of thing. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: then they're not both coming at you afterwards if they end up being safe. Right. So. All right. Um, so, the movie that we watched this week we found on Netflix... And um, this was
1: my pick. It
0: was Corey's pick. We're on the rotation. Week. That's right. Um, I really
1: thought I could upend your movie because we were both <laughs> we were both thinking, well, I would be great at about a scene. Yeah. Last week, uh, so this week we have *The Lost Husband*. Like we said, it's the first movie that we've done so far that came out in 2020, so it's new to Netflix. Also starring a couple big actors, um, just like. Peanut Butter Falcon had Dakota Johnson and Shia LaBeouf. This one, we have Leslie Bibb and Josh Duhamel, and it's directed and written by Vicki Wright. Um, the plot, I guess we can yep. give a little bit of the breakdown. Uh, Libby, which was played by Leslie Bibb, and her daughters move out to her aunt's farm after her husband's death. There, Libby must again find herself and maybe even find love. The farm manager is... A guy named Josh, who's played by Josh Duhamel, and is dealing with his own marital hardships. And wait, you
0: have something in parentheses about Josh?
1: Oh, Josh is like the small town hunk. Oh yeah. Like all the ladies have a thing for him. Yeah. So um, Libby and Josh work on the farm and work their way into each other's heart. It's a romance movie.
0: It's a rom com. Eh. Ish, <laughs> debatable. So anyway, <laughs>
1: will we'll that lead right in? How did you feel?
0: Um, I I had better expectations for this movie. Um, it seemed in the trailer that it was me more of a, like a rom-com, cute date movie, and I I it just feels like it felt a little flat.
1: I agree. I kept saying to you the whole time, man, this is slow. Yeah, this is moving really slow. Like it had. All of the, it seemed to have all the ingredients that you need to make a good rom-com, but they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Like, it just never built up to anything big.
0: I agree. Like,
1: you had uh, Leslie Bibb's character who had some hardship and definitely needed something good in her life and needed to turn her life around. And then you also have, like, this dark, like, mysterious man who has his own hardships But definitely seems like he could be the one to help her and she could be the one to help him.
0: And you can see, of course, early on it's obvious that those two are, you know, placed into each other's lives for a reason. And they're going to have a connection, blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, and we're also saying that it's a romance movie, but not until, like, the very, like, last minute do they even show that they're really like together or an item and that was weird too. Like I thought it was gonna be romance throughout. Yeah. And maybe yeah, like they would come yeah. together early on in the movie yeah. and something would happen, like normal romance movies that would break lot, them apart yeah. and then they'd come back. There wasn't that.
0: Well even not even that. that. that A didn't happen. lot of rom coms will have where they meet each other but they like hate each other and then they start seeing like these like quirky, you know, things in the personality and the other person that they start to fall for. And you kind of alluded to that. But then it would, like, kind of break off and go its own way. Like, it would just break off and just focus on her for a bit, break off and focus on him. And there was not a lot of, like, you know, the two of them kind of falling in love. It just lacked that luster, I guess.
1: And then instead of focusing on, like, the relationship and that being what should have been the strong point of the movie, they decided to go way left and make it about, um, Libby really trying to find herself and like learning her past. Oh, yeah. And the fact that <laughs> yeah. when she was, well, from birth oh. to four years old, her aunt raised her.
0: Yeah.
1: And her mother.
0: I kind of forgot about that piece of it.
1: And her mother had left her, and she was under the impression that her own mother raised her her whole life. But for four years of her life, her aunt did. And she like blows up and makes it. That's the only reason I'm sharing this detail, because to me, it's not really a big twist. But she, like, blows it out of proportion, in my opinion, and, like, makes it a big dramatic thing. Yeah. And the movie focuses on that being really dramatic and, like, really a big piece of Libby needing to know who she is. And to me, it was
0: nothing. It wasn't it was nothing. the whole thing, the whole reason that she went back to the farm is because her husband died and she needed to start over. She needed somewhere to live. She lost her house. So adding that piece into the story, you're absolutely right. Had no effect either way on the beginning of a story.
1: And I also feel like I had no real like, connection to these characters because I feel like they weren't developed that strongly. Like we learned that her husband died but we didn't normally in like rom-coms they'll show us that the relationship with her husband was really really strong yeah. and they were madly in love. We don't know anything about them really. There was a we small just know she had a glimpse. husband.
0: Yeah and there was actually a small glimpse where the day that he left and how he drove the daughter to school instead of her and got to a car accident is what it alluded to. Didn't even really give a full um, description of what happened to the, fo- you know, to the husband, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, le- I guess, leads me into my question as why was it called the lost husband? Like to me, the husband isn't lost. The wife is lost now, you know, like to me, like the title doesn't even make sense to the storyline. And I think you kind of pulled in that he was the lost husband, but it was very clear that she was the main character and not Josh Jamal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie is kind of disjointed, I will yeah. say. Because, like you pointed out, if you guys watch early on, now that we're speaking of it, if you even give this movie a watch after this review, <laughs> um, the daughter that was injured in the car crash with her dad oh. has... has uh, an injury and has a limp for the first, uh, 20 minutes, maybe even yeah. half hour of the movie. There's no limp. And then it's, brought... that we
0: noticed. Yeah. I would have to go back and like confirm it, but nothing that we were, that we had, it brought our attention to by any means until they made note of it and discussed her limp. And then all of a sudden she's got a big noticeable it. limp that neither of us picked up on prior to that scene. Um,
1: and then um Josh Josh's character as far as character development we know that he has a wife or an ex-wife that had a stroke and is sick and really struggling to recover that he takes care of we don't see any of
0: that No we don't Like that
1: development isn't developed we don't see any of that we just know that he works the, manages the farm And at
0: one point he like disappears from the movie even for a few days you know in the timeline and there's a lot of times they would have like shown him off doing something and they didn't show it at all
1: that could have been good character development something they could have really built his thing on because i really like josh as an actor yeah and he did a good that also leads me to i think both actors did a good job for the script that they were given yeah but I felt like it wasn't developed. Even the, the, the woman that plays the and the woman that plays her mother. Everyone does a good job. Yeah. The daughters do a fairly yeah, good job. Yeah, the
0: acting was good.
1: It was good. But there's no character development. The plot has plot holes. And the title is odd. <laughs> so altogether, I guess I give this movie a yeah. D. I thought it was worse than our horror movie, which I gave a C and definitely not as good as Peanut Butter Falcon, which was a B for me and A for you. Yeah. So we're trending downward. Hopefully we can pick it back up.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess I would, I guess I would probably give it a a D, maybe a C minus because I seem to (laughs) add in those plus or minuses. Um, Like I said, it wasn't a terrible movie because the acting was good, like, That part was fine. It was just the entire plot and the development and all that, like you mentioned, um, just didn't really do it for me. And it kind of made the movie slower than it needed to be. You know, there were some like funny, fun moments, Mm -hmm. but um, overall, it just lacked a little bit of luster.
1: They tried to bring like a little life and energy to it, which with a character that I didn't even mention with the sunshine girl. Uh, the girl that it, that she meets at the store that scares oh, her a little yeah, bit, yeah, and she's yeah. kind of like her friend yeah. with like the light attitude, yeah. which is in every rom com. They have the friend that brings a little bit of comedy yes. into it yeah. that doesn't have Not any that kind heavy, of relationship. I mean, right? Like, they yeah. could have made her a bigger. There uh-huh. were so many pieces yeah. that could have been better. they could
0: have done better. a lot more with what they had. That's
1: what I mean. There was a lot of pieces to make of, this movie good, yeah. and they fell flat.
0: Yeah, because they had good actors. They had, like a decent budget. They had a lot of good stuff going for them and they just really did it well, just fell flat
1: now that some news came out where ryan reynolds was the second highest earning actor uh of last year and his only movies that he did went straightly to netflix netflix has a budget
0: oh for sure they're paying people. yeah the
1: sure. only person to make more money but than him by the way was the rock who we know is everywhere he's yeah. like the number one guy right now in hollywood so anyways, Netflix is working on a budget. These these movies have money behind them. Yeah. So I thought this was a little disappointing for this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, it, it, it's sad because it looks a little more promising in the trailer. Because um, like we've said, it has good budget, it has good actors. Uh, but it definitely did fall a little flat.
1: Yeah. So anyways, I will go into... the. The four truths and a lie <laughs> that we did with Peanut Butter Falcon. I only didn't do it with the horror movie because, to be honest, I didn't know those actors. I yeah. really, I didn't want to pl- pluck into their lives too much. So this one, this week, we'll be doing Josh Duhamel. I'll read five statements, okay. and you can determine which w- which one is a lie. Uh, I, I'm not doing the numbers thing where okay. it's really good. three, good, but good, it could good. be good. two. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are just flats, general okay. statements. So totally the whole thing.
0: Correct.
1: Okay. Number one, I am married to Stacy Ferguson.
0: Okay.
1: Number two, I was born in North Dakota. Okay. Number three, I played Julianne Huff's Love Interest in Safe Haven. Number four, I made my acting debut on All My Children. Number five, I own three dogs named Larry, Curly, and Mo. Oh, oh
0: my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to say that he is married to Stacy Ferguson.
1: Right. That's that's Fergie, okay. for those who don't know. yeah, From Black Eyed And Eye then
0: um, I'm going to say he played Julianne Huff's love interest in Safe Haven. Yep. Which I actually read the book, by the way. <laughs> you probably didn't even know that. That is a, I believe, a Nora Roberts mo- uh, book. Hmm. Turned into a movie. And you actually liked
1: that one, too. I right? did actually
0: yeah. like that book, yeah. Um, acting debut in All My Children, I think, is questionable. Um, I could totally see him being a North Dakotian. <laughs> so, I'm going to say North Dakota is true. Those
1: first three are all true, um, so what what is it? So,
0: now it's either All My Children or the three dogs named Larry, Curly, and Mo. Um, and that part's tricky because I could see Corey being, you know, silly, but I could also see it maybe being true. Um... I don't, I, I'm not, I didn't watch All My Children, but I'm going to say he he was not on All My Children.
1: He was. He
0: was? Dark. He
1: does not have dogs named after the Three <laughs> Stooges. That was totally made up. I don't even know if he owns one dog. Oh,
0: gosh. Okay, well. I gotcha. You got me. You got me. Well, that's the thing with Corey. I can never tell if you're joking or if you're serious, so... You come up with the most out there things, so. All right. I don't really, like I said, I don't watch all my children, but I just didn't, don't recall him being on there with a snippet. With his, TV. like,
1: when he was younger, yeah. he definitely had, like, the model good looks, so that wasn't a surprise to me that he started on soap operas. Yeah. And it isn't a surprise to me that he's made it further than soap operas because he can act.
0: And it wouldn't be a surprise to me if he had three dogs named Larry, Curly, and Mo. Clearly, it wouldn't be a surprise to me. Yeah. Even though he doesn't really seem like a funny guy.
1: Uh, his characters always seem to have a little bit of a humor to him.
0: Dry humor. <laughs> very. He's like got that personality where he's very like stoic, then has like a few like dry pieces. of For humor. for
1: those of you who do watch Big Brother too and like movies, he reminds me of Cody. Oh yeah. <laughs> not oh, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> on, not Cody on this season. Cody of the past oh, yeah. that very Jessica. Yeah. Because when they actually showed that Cody off camera and he interviewed and stuff, he had like a little humor to him. He wasn't so bland. I think they must have like
0: edited all of that They purposefully edited him to be like a villain. Very um, dry. Yes, very dry.
1: They made him a villain and guy and he totally really. when they when he was off camera and he even was interviewed by Julie. I was like, where was both his of us? Where was this yeah. Cody? It, this has to be the real Cody.
0: <laughs> this must be what got him the love interest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then again, his love interest was not too much different. So
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, that's yeah. this week's episode. All
0: right. Yeah, we are uh, gonna spend the day in the lake tomorrow, so we're gearing up for that.
1: Yep, and I will be uh, working on next week, but hopefully Samantha can keep me caught up on Big, big Brother. So yep. I can, uh, even if one of my days off or something, I'll yeah, try to catch up. Yeah, a little bit on your own. And then it's her pick for movie, so I guess she'll leave us Oh assistance. gosh, I don't even
0: have anything in mind. I better look at that. So
1: that, well, that'll be a surprise. So <laughs> tune in next week for Samantha's we surprise flick.
0: <laughs> all right, have a good week, everyone.